0: Welcome to a Slob Comes Clean the podcast. I'm Dana White. I blog almost every day over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. It's the never-ending and completely honest story of me getting my house under control. And as I figure out what works and what doesn't work, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people even the ones who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thank you so much for joining me today. This is podcast number 33, which is kind of hard to believe. Um, but it's number 33. And if you want to find the show notes for this, you can go to a slobkemsclean.com slash podcasts with an S on the end. Um, and that has a list of all the podcasts I've done so far and their subjects. Um, If I don't get to update it to have an actual direct link to podcast number 36, 33, sorry. Oh, anyway, that's not a good sign for how this is going to go, but I'm going to keep talking. Um, But if there's not a direct link to this podcast, just go to the bottom and see where it says, Um, see all my podcasts here and it will take you to the most recent ones. And you can see those because sometimes I don't get those directly linked from there immediately. But if you are listening to this podcast, that means it has been published and the show notes have been published as well. Um, I'm going to talk today about how to declutter without making a bigger mess. This is one of my most popular posts over on the blog. So in the show notes, what I'll actually do is link you to that post that has links to the different things I'm going to talk about. But um, this is a real frustration, especially for people like me. And it used to be my thought of what decluttering meant. I thought, well, decluttering has to make a huge mess before it can get any better. That was one of the reasons why I um, would hesitate and not do it as often because I couldn't always have the time to deal with that huge mess that I was going to make. So anyway, I'm gonna talk about that. And uh, here in the podcast, but I do want to say first, also just remind you to go over to a slobcomesclean.com slash connect. And that will give you links to all of my social media channels where you can connect with me and with other people who have these same struggles and who are very supportive of one another. Um, There's over 91,000 on Facebook now. And um, lots of people on the blog leaving comments and things like that. So I'd love to hear your comments in the podcast notes, just to share what tricks and tips that you have figured out. Because honestly, this whole thing for me has been figuring out what works for me and for our family and in our home. And while there are definitely universal principles that I have come to accept as being universal principles, um, there's also just so many variations and it ultimately only works if it works for you in your house. And so I do want to hear, you know, what kinds of things you've done and those things can help me or can help others. Um, but just go to this podcast number 33 and look in the show notes for that. Um, okay. So how to declutter without making a bigger mess. I get this question complaint a lot. And I totally understand because like I said, this was my big complaint about decluttering because for me, decluttering before I started the blog was a huge project. Like that's how I viewed it was decluttering was a project. It was not a lifestyle for me. Now it's much more of a lifestyle, even though it becomes more of a project for me than it does for other people because I tend to reclutter more easily than the average person. But, um, But decluttering, I viewed it as a project. I also thought, honestly, that it was possible to declutter once and for all. Like I really thought that one day I was going to do a good enough job on a decluttering project of getting my whole house decluttered from top to bottom that I was never going to have to do it again. And that's not true. (laughs) I'm so sorry to tell you that to be the one to explain that. But um, yeah, it took me a while to realize, oh, so even though I declutter something, and then it becomes recluttered again later, that's not that I failed at decluttering. That's just life. That's how life goes. And accepting that and realizing that it's not just me that that happens to helped me say, okay, I didn't fail at decluttering. It's just time to declutter again. Okay. So Anyway, but it is um, part of the shift, part of what I'm going to talk about here came from me realizing this was an ongoing process in my life. And so I stopped looking at it as, okay, I'm going to have to block off an entire weekend to declutter my house or an entire week or a month or whatever. I'm going to have to block off this time to do that. Instead of looking at it that way, that helped me be more willing to do a 10 minute decluttering project or a 15 minute or a 30 minute or even two hours some days. Okay. Yesterday I spent two hours decluttering in my house because it's gotten a little bit crazy or a lot crazy for some people over the summer. And so I needed to do that. Um, so it's, it's shifting that, but part of that was just from me going ahead and getting it done and starting to work on it and starting to see how much of a difference I really could make in 15 to 20 minutes. Okay. Just in such so much of a shorter time. So, um, the other, you know, the main reason I had to learn that. And one of the reasons I believe why it got so much more frustrating after, um, I was a stay at home mom. And after I had children, even though I had thought that was going to solve all of my slob problems, whatever. Um, but I really, I really thought that I thought that, okay, well, everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be great. Once I stay home, I'll have time to work on this all the time. But the reality is, Um, you know, before I would wait for a break. Maybe, you know, I was a teacher, maybe Christmas break or spring break, or um, my husband would go out of town and uh, on camping trips, something like that, you know, didn't happen a lot. But if he ever was gone, I decluttered like crazy. I mean, I just ripped that apartment apart and I whipped it into shape. I mean, I got it just absolutely you know, he was always shocked and amazed and just loved it when he came home. He's like, wow, you do such great things while I'm gone and I don't see how hard you're working. Um, but you know, that was my thing is I was, I would wait for this break in my life, this out of the routine time in my life. But the truth is when you have kids, then there is no break ever. It just doesn't exist. A mom doesn't get a day off because even the days that are out of routine still involve all the same mom jobs that you have every other day of the year, which is you know, changing diapers and feeding people and all the, you know, just all the stuff that happens all the time. There's no such thing as a day out of the routine because you've got other people's routines that they depend on anyway. So, um, it became more and more of a frustration because I just didn't have that time to stop everything and declutter. Okay. So I would be afraid to start. I just wouldn't even start because I knew how you know, if I'm, if I'm going to pull everything out of this room, which is what I thought I had to do to declutter, then, um, you know, my kids are going to get into it. I'm going to get distracted because that's your, your biggest guarantee as a mother. Um, anyway, so it just, it just didn't happen. Okay. Um, but now because of so many, so much focused time on decluttering, I've come up with these methods and this to me keeps me from having, a decluttering project turn into a bigger mess than i had before i started okay and i've talked about this in different ways in other podcasts so go back and listen to some of those if you need some more you know brain seepage whatever into your head um but the number one thing that i have come up with as my way to keep from making a bigger mess is to create to make sure that my only supplies for decluttering are a um Trash bag, which I generally make it a black trash bag so that people in my home can't see what I put in it. But a trash bag for trash and a uh, do- donatable donate box. Okay, this was key for me. I used to pull out laundry baskets, pull out storage tubs, whatever, and I would, um, you know, make those my donate boxes. But the problem with that is that I wanted to keep the actual thing that the donations were in. So if I want to keep that laundry basket, then I've added a whole nother step that could become very time consuming and very, um, oh, mind stopping, whatever, however you want to call that. Um, but the problem is if my donate box was something I wanted to keep, then that meant I had to go back through it again before I could actually donate the items and pull them out of that. That makes no sense. Okay. So I just decided I am only going to create donate boxes out of, donatable boxes, you know, so I just, I save boxes. I don't save all of them. Okay. I love boxes. Oh my goodness. Boxes just make me happy because I think of all these possibilities, but, um, I try to view any box that I do come across and decide to keep as a donatable donate box. Something I am going to, um, get rid of, okay, so that everything that goes in it, I don't have to touch it again. Now, I know there are some people who um, are too worried. And I I used to be that way, because I've gotten rid of so much stuff. And I haven't had my family, you know, die over it or me die. I mean, really, I used to think, Oh, what if I need this now that I've gotten rid of so much stuff? and it's we're really not traumatized from it um i'm so much more willing to say uh well i may miss that but whatever you know but you know stick in the donate box in the garage i know is is a is a valid way to make yourself feel better and say i'm going to stick it out here for two weeks and if i don't think about it if i don't remember something that's in it and go run and get it out then i'll know that you know everything in it can go away that's fine um but if you have to go back through a donate box before you can actually donate it, then um, that just leaves so much room for second guessing. And you know, it it just it's too much. Okay, so it just completely eliminates that step. Because I the other thing too, is when I had a box that wasn't donatable, I would often go ahead and put something in there and tell myself I would decide later, because I didn't want to make that decision about it right then I wanted to decide later on down the line, any time except for right now, what I was going to do with this item. And that was just procrastinating on making a decision that was, you know, hard for me to make. But by saying this is a donate box, I'm never going to look at it again, in it again, before it's gone completely, then that helps me to go ahead and make that decision and say, okay, I'm ready to put this in this box. and I don't have to think about it again. But when I had a box that had some things that were definitely going to be donated, some things that I wasn't completely sure, what I would do is I would stick that box somewhere else in my house, like in my attic or in my garage. Well, my garage still has boxes that I'm pretty sure I packed up as, uh, I'll decide later, boxes um, when we moved about, I don't know, 10 years ago probably it's just, it's amazing to me how many things, how many boxes I had like that. And I used to have tons and tons and tons. And we've tried to work our way through some of them, but I'm telling you those boxes, oh, well, what if I'm going to need this later? I'll just stick it in this box and at least it'll be here. And if I ever need it, I can tear through all these boxes, which I can tell you as someone who's had to tear through boxes looking for something I know I didn't get rid of, but I don't know where I put it. Yeah. That's not fun. Like at all. It's actually Totally miserable. And whenever I do that to myself, I think, why do I do this to myself? It's so awful. Anyway, so the donatable donate box is key. That is really, really important. And to know that those are my only supplies when I'm decluttering. So um the main thing is to not have a keep box too. To not pull things out and say, okay, this is gonna be stuff I'm gonna keep. Um but not just not having a keep box, but also not having a keep pile. I, if I let myself be too logical, um, a keep pile makes total sense. And I talked about this in my decluttering questions podcast too. Um, but a keep pile is just so hyper logical. I mean, really, it just, it makes so much sense to say that I am going to put all the things as I'm decluttering this space, and I find something that it's not supposed to be in here, but it's supposed to be somewhere else in my house. Well, logically, I should make a pile or put it in a box of, you know, things that I'm going to go and I'm going to deliver around the rest of the house. Okay, that just makes so much more sense to me because that's efficient. Hello, one trip around the house, depositing everything in the place where it's supposed to go. That is just So logical, so right, right? Except that the problem is if I have a keep box, that keep box becomes this thing that I can't see the bottom of. And then I don't remember what it was down in there. And it, you know, I don't remember what it was I was going to do with it. And the keep box kind of like morphs in my vision and becomes the same thing as the donate box. And then it's just a box of stuff. And then uh, I'd rather just stick it out in the garage instead of dealing with it right now because it's stuff. And stuff when it's just kind of this big ambiguous word stuff is what overwhelms me. Okay. When I actually know what something is, then I know what to do with it, but just a pile or stuff that's overwhelming. Um, but the keep pile, you know, that, that was a great idea, except that, um, I would have a pile of, you know, or maybe I would even have four piles, I would have a pile of these are things that are going to go to the kids bathroom, this is going to go to the boys room, this is going to go to our bedroom, this is going to go to the kitchen. Um, And I just thought that was so great. And I've got them all separated. And then I'll just have to take four little trips. But the problem with that is I get distracted as a mom, there is just no way to not get distracted. Plus, then I'm me on top of being a mom. And so I really have no chance to not get distracted. Um, I am extremely distractible. So what would happen is the phone would ring, or I would think of something that I needed to go do, or I would remember that, oh my goodness, it's time for me to go get the kids from school, whatever. And um, I would leave those piles there. And then I wouldn't get back to it immediately because that's how I roll. You know, I didn't get back right to it the minute I got home or the minute I finished whatever it was that I thought I needed to go do right then. And those neat little piles for all the different rooms, then morph into a different, morph into one big, huge pile. And now they're outside the space I was decluttering. And that right there is where the bigger mess happens when you're decluttering. It's in that, um, those piles. That's the problem. It's those piles of things that you're gonna do when you're finished decluttering. But then when the finishing never happens, then it's just, a mess. And it's outside of wherever it was shoved and, you know, pushed in before. So eliminating those keep piles was huge for me. Okay. And the way that I did that is through my two very simple decluttering questions that I've talked about before, but I'm going to go over it again. Um, The key to not creating a bigger mess comes in the second part of the first question. Okay. The part that isn't really a question. Anyway, it's also how I, this is how I avoid the keep box or the keep pile. Okay. The first question is, if I was looking for this item, where would I look for it first? Okay. And I talk more about what that means, um, in that other podcast, but I'm gonna talk about the second part of this question. And the second part is if I can figure out where I would look for it first, go right now and take it there right this second, like right now, don't wait take it there right now. Meaning, um, well, okay. How do I say this? This is basically the opposite of what seemed so efficient to me before. Okay. So if taking things on one run through the house and taking all my items to be delivered to their perfect homes later, um, if that, uh, seems so efficient well, this seems completely inefficient you know to my hyperlogical brain so um But the truth is if I will take it there right now, number one, I'm really going to act on that impulse. I'm not going to second guess me. And I need to go with that impulse of where would I look for this first? Because if I put it in a pile and then I have to remember again, where would I look for this first? There's a chance that I'm going to overanalyze that. And I don't need to overanalyze it. I need to just take it wherever I or my family would look for this first. If we said, you know, where are your soccer cleats? Okay, where would we go look for them first? That's where they need to be, not in my wonderful process of figuring out what is the best place in our home to keep soccer cleats. Because if I think about it too long, I'll come up with some great idea that's a place where we'll never, ever look for it and then we'll never find it. And then we'll buy new ones and then find them one day when we're decluttering, you know, five years later or whatever. But if I will just act on that instinct and go ahead and take it there right now. Okay. I have the number one benefit that I'm really going to act on that instinct. But the number two benefit is that, um, I've taken those soccer cleats to the place where we would look for them first. Yes. I expended more physical energy, which is not a bad thing really. But if I go take those soccer cleats now, put them away, come back to where I was and then get distracted, then i don't have soccer cleats sitting out being a bigger mess than they were before I ever started. Okay. So those soccer cleats are already gone to where they're supposed to be. Now, I know some people say that, you know, their attention issues would mean that if they left the spot, um, they would never get back to it. And I totally understand that, but I do struggle. I've never been diagnosed. I'm sure I could be if I wanted to be, but, um, you know, and I didn't struggle in school or anything like that, but you know, I, I definitely have a lot of ADHD tendencies. Okay. The more I read about it, the more I go, Oh yeah, that's me. Um, not completely, but just some tendencies. Um, but this for me, even if I did go put these shoes away and then get distracted, I'm still better off than I was before because that area is that much more decluttered. It's not finished but it is decluttered compared to what it was before because clutter is gone. I haven't made a bigger mess by leaving it there and waiting. The waiting just doesn't work for me at all. Okay. Um, so that taking it there right now is a huge, huge part of this whole process. Um, Okay. And that means that whatever stopping point I get to my space that I'm working on is better than it was before I started and not worse. Okay. It's not a bigger mess than it was before I started. It's better off. All right. Um, all I have to do if I do get distracted and I leave or whatever, the only thing when I come back to the areas, I go, Oh, okay. You know, if I walk by or if I don't notice it again for another week or whatever, um, all I have to do is take the trash, you know, empty the trash can that's there next to it, and you know, take the donate box and go donate it. But there's no other steps other than just donating the donate box and, um, you know, emptying the trash. Okay, so even though I'm not totally done, I'm better off than I was before I started. So the example that I gave in the post that I wrote about it was um, a little space in the back of my game room that, oh my word, had been piled with stuff and I'd been pretending that no one was noticing it, which is just a total lie I tell myself. Um, I'd been pretending it wasn't noticeable for a really long time, even though it was. Um, But that was my example that I talk about in this post. And I show pictures so you can go see it um, on the post that I'll link to in podcast number 33 show notes. Um, But it was this huge overwhelming space to me. And I never had... The two days that I thought it was going to take to get through this, okay, so I'd put it off for longer and longer and longer. And that's the thing is when you look at decluttering as something that you have to finish right then, or it's going to be a bigger mess, and then you dread the bigger mess that you're going to have to take care of when you're done, then you put it off for longer, okay? But if you know that. I'm not going to create a bigger mess. And if I can only work on it for 10 minutes, it's going to be 10 minutes of progress, as opposed to 10 minutes, making it worse than it was before I started, then you're willing to tackle something for only 10 minutes, okay, or only 30 minutes or only an hour, whatever. And it's amazing what you end up getting done because the space is always better off than worse instead of worse off. Okay. Um, let's see. Okay. So, uh, I got a little confused there for a second and paused while I went and tried to figure out what I was going to say, but basically it comes down to accepting that, um, the goal needs to be progress versus a project. Okay. It's the making it into a project that turns, um, that, you know, kind of opens up that door for making a bigger mess than before you started, because then you're thinking, Oh, well, I'm going to finish this. And so I have to make a bigger mess before. And there are times where that really is true. I mean, there are times where you do have to pull everything out. But it also goes back to one of my main philosophies, which is just declutter. It's okay to not solve every problem before I even start. Okay, I don't have to figure out a way that is going to solve this you know, messy spot problem in my house for the next 57 years, I just have to declutter it. And that's it. I'm not solving a problem. I'm just getting rid of stuff. And amazingly, getting rid of stuff kind of magically solves the problem most of the time. But that also goes along with the whole giving myself permission to say that a smaller mess is progress. All right. Completely being the fact that I don't completely finish it and it's not completely done, um, isn't failure, but if it's better than it was before, then that is success and that's progress. Okay. So what I did on this um, spot in my game room that had been messy for a year. And it just been this overwhelming thing. And it just seemed like such a big project because I still struggle with that. Even though I know these things, I still struggle with that because that's part of me. Instead, when I just tackled it for, I think it was like 30 minutes to an hour for a couple days in a row, I got the whole entire thing cleaned out. And then one Saturday I finished it up. um, Just, you know, dealing with every item as I took it out, I would take one item out I would deal with it, figure out where it needed to go, take it there right then and come back and get another item and figure it out. Take it, you know, where it needed to go right then making a decision for me. I had to make a decision about where office supplies needed to go. I had this big storage box that had office supplies in it. And I knew that office supplies were in a big storage back box in that corner in the game room, that messy, cluttery corner. That's not a legit place for me to keep office supplies. So I had to you know, designate a drawer in another place. And I just started every time I found an office supply, I went ahead and put it in there instead of saying, okay, well, I'm going to gather up all the office supplies and then I'm going to have to figure out where I'm going to put them. No, I took one office supply realized I didn't have a viable solution. I went and figured out, okay, this is my office supply drawer. And then I started putting every office supply that came out into that drawer immediately. Okay. Um, so that to me, oh, I don't remember what I was going to say. Anyway, that to me is the key here, is accepting for me personally to accept that progress is important. A smaller mess is progress. And eventually, if the mess gets smaller and smaller and smaller, then it's gone. And then the project is finished. Okay. And I never did have that moment of complete frustration of I've made a bigger mess than I had before I started. So that to me is the key for um, solving that slob problem. That's basically how I've had to do it and and develop this mentality that decluttering isn't going to look like it always does on the reality shows. Okay. Because the truth is they have to have an after shot on the reality shows. That's what they show. They show that, um, you know, this is what it was like before we pull everything out. We put everything back in. There's other people there helping them make the most wise decisions ever. Um, It's all back. But the truth is I live a normal everyday life. I can't always stop and do everything in this big shebang kind of a way. I have to do it little by little every single day. And overall, I see a huge, huge improvement in our house in how we can function and how we can live. I hope that was helpful. Um, I would love it if you listened this far and you didn't get too annoyed with my rambliness there at the end. Um, I would love it if you could leave a review in iTunes. That helps so much. It helps other people be able to find the show. Um, And I am just so thankful for... All of you who have listened, who have commented, who have left reviews, and um, I just appreciate appreciate it so much. Again, you can go to aslobcomesclean.com slash podcasts with an S. Look for podcast number 33. The title is How to Declutter Without Making a Bigger Mess. And um, you can find the link to the post that I wrote about this that shows you pictures of my own personal example um, of going at it this way. Um, also don't forget that I have eBooks that are available on my blog and on Amazon called 28 days to hope for your home. That's not for the mildly disorganized. That takes you through 28 days of developing four very basic habits that will have an amazing effect on your home and will give you hope that it really is possible to have your home under control. Um, and then there's drowning in clutter that where I talk about my decluttering strategies that I've personally developed from lots and lots and lots of decluttering in my own home. Um, and then I also have teaching kids to clean that, um, gives printables and charts and things they can check off to teach kids how to do basic cleaning tasks. Uh, again, you can also go to a com slash connect to find me on all, all my social media channels. Thanks. Talk to you next week. Bye.